You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is the college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Hey, everybody. How are you guys? Good. Are you guys totally piped that pumped, not piped? Um, are you guys totally pumped that it is the last Tuesday night of the summer, or are you kind of like sad about it? James is pumped. James is pumped. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, sweet. So yeah, as you can tell, I am not Brandon. Um, if you haven't met me, my name is Zach. Um, <clears throat> I am one of the folks who works with Brandon. You know, I have the awesome pleasure or sometimes uh, not so much of a pleasure of getting to work with Brandon. Kidding, it's awesome all the time. But him and Lauren, his wife, are actually on vacation right now um, up at Lake Tahoe getting some much-needed rest and relaxation after a super long month of preaching for him. Um, So you guys get me tonight. Congratulations. Um, (laughs) Thank you, David. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Yeah, wow. Um, Sweet. So tonight I'm going to share... I'm going to start off by sharing a little story with you guys um, about uh, traveling. So I recently worked with a missions organization and lived abroad for a year. Um, And I traveled with a decently large group of people. Um, And with this group of people, um, I was one of the two logistics coordinators. Um, And so basically what that meant is that I planned all of the travel for us and I... um, not with like my own money, but with the money that the whole group had fundraised, bought plane tickets and bus tickets and ferry tickets and taxis and trains and everything like that. Um, And so that was definitely, side note, not something that I was super excited about at first, because if you know me at all, I'm not a planner whatsoever. And so they were like, Zach, you know what? You're not a planner, but we really want you to plan travel for 20 people all the way around the world for a year. And I was like, great. It's going to be fun. Um, So that's kind of how I got called into that. Um, But I didn't realize that international travel was way complicated, super like overly complicated, um, unnecessarily complicated, right? Um, So I'm going to share a quick story with you guys about uh, some of the travel that I planned whenever we were traveling from the Ukraine to Moldova. Um, and so we were in the Ukraine in a place called Uzhurud, which is like the westernmost city of Ukraine. Um, and we were there working with a university, um, doing some campus outreach and working with a small church plant, just kind of getting under them and, and helping them out in any way we could. Um, and our next stop was going to be in Kisinau, Moldova, um, which kind of was like decently close to where we were. It was kind of a straight shot. And so I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about planning this travel. We'll just jump on a train. It'll be really simple and easy. We'll go straight to Kisinau. We'll get there quick. It won't be hard. It'll be like a six-hour, seven-hour train. I was wrong. Um, very, very wrong. And so a couple days before we were, we were set to leave, me and my translator, because obviously I don't speak Ukrainian. Um, I know some of you guys are just blown away right now that I don't speak Ukrainian. Um, but I don't speak Ukrainian. And so I went with my translator to the train station and asked uh, the train guy, I was like, hey, I would like this many tickets, um, one-way tickets from Uskarud to Kisinau. And he just, he translated, and the, the train conductor, attendant guy who gives us the tickets just kind of looked at him and just shook his head. And I was like, oh no, this isn't going to be good. Um, this is not going to be fun. And so they, after a quick exchange um, in Ukrainian, he looked at, or my translator looked at me and he said, it's not going to happen. 
I said, what do you mean it's not going to happen? Like, no, we have to get there. And he said, basically what he said is that you need to take a train from Uzharud to Lviv, which is a city in the Ukraine, which was about a six or a seven hour bus or train ride. And then after that, you need to get off that train and you need to go and you need to buy tickets from Lviv to Kiev, which is the capital of Ukraine. And that's about a nine, nine-ish hour train ride, depending on how fast the train was. And he said, once you get there, you need to leave the train station, get a hotel, stay overnight, get back to the train station at 4 a.m. the next day, get tickets from Kiev, from Kiev all the way to Kisinau. And I was like, okay, why? And he was like, that's just how it works. And I was like, okay, I guess, I guess we'll do that. And so we did all that. It was awesome. It turned a seven-hour day into like a two-and-a-half-day ordeal. Um, but as we're going from Kiev all the way down to Kisinau, I realized, I looked at my map, and I realized that we were about 30 minutes away from Uzharud, the town that we had originally started in. And so the train took us in a big loop and then back down right next to the city we were in already. So I was like, why couldn't we, why couldn't we just go from Uzharud 30 minutes away on a bus or somebody could drive us or whatever? Um, but that's just because the train system in Ukraine is super whack, right? Um, like it wasn't easy to operate. It was completely overcomplicated. It wasn't simple. In the States, I feel like it might have been more simple than that, maybe just because I speak English, um, but maybe not, who knows. But yeah, I don't tell you that story because it brings back awful and painful memories for myself of back pain on the tiny little trains. Um, I don't tell you that story because it's funny, but I just tell you that story because it's really easy to make something very simple, very, very complicated, right? We all know somebody in here that does that. Some of you guys, might be like looking around at people, but really you should probably be looking at yourself because you're that person. Or if you don't know that person in your friend group, it's you. Um, or that's like your, your math teacher, or I mean your English teacher in high school, and you'd be reading a book and it's like, the curtains are yellow because of the author's disdain for sunflowers when she was a kid. Or it's just yellow because she liked the color yellow, right? There doesn't have to always be an overcomplicated answer for everything. Although I feel like oftentimes we think that, right? Especially with scripture. We take scripture and, and we want to look and we want to say, oh, this means oh, this super theological deep answer. When in reality, oftentimes, scripture just gives us the answer. If you read closely, chances are you'll read something and you're like, oh, I have a question about that. If you keep reading, usually the answer shows up, right? How, how many times has that happened to you? And you're just like, man, I really don't understand this or I, I don't have a, or I have a question about it. And you read like two more verses and boom, the answer is there. Has that ever happened to anybody? Yeah, that's awesome, right? Because then I'm like, yes, I don't have to think about it. It's really simple and my little brain can understand it. So congratulations. Um, and that's actually, that's why I love Psalm 96. So that's where we're going to be tonight. Um, if you guys want to turn to Psalm 96 with me, I'm going to go ahead and jump on in. Um, I'm going to read the whole thing. It's only 13 verses. So yeah, 13 verses. So don't get too sad that we're reading the whole thing. Um, it'll actually be better. You don't get to hear my voice so much as much as the Lord's. Um, sweet. So real quick, I'm going to read this for us. <coughs> Alrighty. So Psalm 96, worship in the splendor of holiness. Oh, sing a song to the Lord, a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. 
his marvelous works among all peoples, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. For he is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all of the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the earth, or he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. So I'm going to pray for us real quick before we dive in. Father, we come before you now um, and just thanking you for your word. Thanking you for the simplicity um, of your word, even though sometimes it's super uh, confusing, Father. Um, but yeah, I just pray tonight that, that we have understanding of what we're reading and what we're going through, what we're talking about, Father. Um, I pray for just wisdom in our lives, God. I pray for understanding. Um, I pray that you speak, speak through me tonight, Father. Um, because I'm a goof, and I need it. Um, so yeah, I thank you for that. Yeah, I pray this in your son's name. Amen. Sweet. So I'm going to kind of start us off with a little bit of a question. But before that, um, I think that it's pretty clear. So this psalm, who can tell me what this psalm is about? Just like one word, sum it up. Jesus, that's always a good answer. Would you say, Brittany? <laughs> Praise, yeah, praise, worship, something like that, right? So I feel like we can all come to the understanding that this psalm is about praise or about worship. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Um, but yeah, it's about us being called to worship, right? That's our purpose. So I have a question for you guys. Why do we worship God? This is like answers. Because he's worthy? Okay, what else? He made everything. That's right. What's up? He calls us to? Yeah. There's no one like him. That's right. <clears throat> Anybody else? Yeah, that's what we were created for, right? So all of these things that we just said, you can find in this passage, right? But I feel like the foundation of this passage, the simplicity that comes from this passage is that the absolute foundation to why we should praise and worship God is because he's great, right? It's as simple as that. It's because he is great. So we worship God simply because he's great. But within this passage, like I said, there are tons of, of little tidbits of, of beauty of why he is great, right? So real quick, we're going we're gonna to jump into some of those. Um, so I'm going to break down this, this psalm a little bit. Um, I'm going to try not to go super quick, so hopefully I won't. Um, but I feel like this psalm is kind of broken up into a few different, um, like, little sections. And, I mean, it even is, if you look at it, it breaks it up for you. That's super awesome, check. Um, and so, 
in verses one through three, it starts off by just telling us, hey, you were called to praise, right? Um, it says, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. So it calls everybody to praise. It's fully inclusive of all of the earth, right? All of creation is called to praise. Not just some of us, not just David, because he can play guitar really well, or Allie, who's not here tonight, unfortunately, because she can sing really well. But all of us are called to sing a praise to the Lord, right? To sing a new song to the Father. Um, so it's all inclusive of that, um, which is so, so awesome to me. It says, declare his glory among the nations. So again, it's all inclusive, right? So that means all of creation, everybody who is from every nation, the Asian nations, the uh, Americas, Europe, we want to talk about Africa, um, the Middle East, right? The Arab nations, all of the nations, everybody is called to do one thing, and that is to worship the Father, it wraps back around to because he's great, right? Um, and so if you look at verses four through six, um, this is kind of where we find the simplicity of we worship the father because he is great, right? So one through three is kind of a call to action of like, hey, worship God, praise, sing a song to the father. And then in verse four, it says, for great is the Lord, right? How simple is that? Like I said, sometimes, Scripture just gives you the answer, and that's awesome. Verse 4 literally says, For great is the Lord. 1 through 3 is like, hey, declare his name among the nations. Worship him, praise him, sing a song. Why? Verse 4, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. It's that simple, and it's, it's so, so cool. Verse 4 through 6 also tells us that, that idols um, and gods of the people are worthless compared to, to Christ, right? Compared to God, um, to our Father. So, whatever idols looked like in that day, right, of, of actual other gods or of statues or of, of whatever it was um, that's even currently going on in today's world, but also in our own culture, you might be sitting there and be like, man, but I don't, I don't worship idols, right? Your cell phone, Netflix, your significant other, um, your clothing, your car, there are many things um, that could be considered idols in our, in our day-to-day life, and that is worthless, compared to the Father is what verse four through six tells us. Um, it tells us that strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Man, and I love, I love hearing that as well. How cool is that to think of strength and beauty um, being in his sanctuary, meaning that he has both of those characteristics. I mean, the only other person that I know that has those characteristics is my fiance, Becca. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's nice. Amen, Brittany, you're right. Um, but no, typically those are contrasting words, right? Whenever you hear strength and beauty, they don't, you don't typically think of somebody that has both of those. Whenever you think of strength, you think of like the huge, like ugly, big dude in movies. It's just like the henchman or like the bad guys, like main thug. And he's just like the muscle. Usually he's just a super ugly dude with a jacked up face. Or if you think of like, what? Okay. Becca's over here roasting me. Um, but yeah, if you think of somebody that has beauty, even if you look at the movies, typically it's like the dainty, like little beautiful model girl or whatever. Like you don't usually think of strength and beauty being in the same person. But right here, it tells us that strength and beauty are something that God has both of, right? That's awesome to me. Um, and then in verses uh, 7 through 10, um, it tells us again to give him praise, right? So it uses the word ascribe a lot in these verses. And the word ascribe just really means to, to give something. So like to give, if I was like, 
It'd be really weird, but if I was like, Nathan, ascribe to me what is mine, then he'd be like, okay, here's your Bible and your car keys and everything that I own, right? It's just like to give to them what is theirs. Um, And so it tells us ascribe uh, to give to him what is due, right? Which is worship. Um, It calls us to worship him in his holiness. Um, And then again, in these verses, it calls all of the earth to worship him. Um, Tells us that all of the nations will come and worship him. That's what we were created for, right? Um, Verses 11 through 12, I love it, goes together super well with So Will I, that last song that we just sang, right? Um, That's awesome. It says says that, that all of the earth basically was made to worship him and does worship him and moves at his name. And that's literally what we just sang about, right? So if all of that does, the trees out there in beautiful Lubbock, Texas, um, where you can see for 10 days into the future, um, because how flat it is. But it says that all of creation will worship him, right? And so that's why we are also called into that. So as as you can see, it lists out tons and tons of reasons as to why we are called to worship the Father, right? It, like I said, that there's all of, all of these like layered reasons, but the foundational reason to our worship of God boils down to, don't, don't miss this. This is, I mean, if you miss this, you've um, missed like the only thing I was really planning on saying tonight. So please don't miss this. Um, the foundation of our worship our worship to God can boil down to one simple statement. He is great, right? There's no other reason. You don't need any other reason. There are other reasons. You don't need any other reason to worship the Father besides that simple statement right there that he is great. That's it. No long, thought-out, beautiful, theological, um, C.S. Lewis-type statement. While that's awesome and, and that has its place, you don't need that to worship God, right? You don't need to to have gone to seminary um, and have all of this knowledge of, oh, I just understand scripture so well, so now I can worship God. You don't need that. You don't need some crazy past story of, man, God has really just taken me from, I was a drug addict and I was the worst of the worst and I was killing people and I was all of this stuff. You don't need to have that story to look back and worship God. Literally the only thing that we need to worship God, the most simplistic answer is the knowledge that he is great. And that's, that's all we need to worship God. Um, when I feel like throughout our lives, we've been taught so differently, even if it hasn't been spoken to us, whenever you hear people give their testimonies, right? It's usually like, man, I had this crazy, horrible, horrendous life and God pulled me out of it and now I can worship God. That's awesome. But even if you didn't live that crazy life, you can still worship God because he is great. Regardless of if he pulled you out of the muck and the mire, he eventually will. So why don't we worship him for that, right? Regardless if um, you had $10 million given to you yesterday, if you did share, but regardless of that, he is still great, right? He is still great and that doesn't change. So that's why that that is the base of why we should worship God. If you're a Christian, chances are, And if you're not a Christian, especially, but chances are you have gone through times where you're questioning where God is in your life or, man, how is God great? Um, Whether it's you went through a big breakup, right? Or you went through, um, maybe your parents got divorced when you were younger, maybe, or maybe your parents got divorced recently. Um, Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you didn't get into the college that you wanted to get into. Um, 
Maybe you didn't have the finances to live in the place that you lived in. Um, maybe you had a relative die, a parent pass away. Um, some of you, maybe you had your dog die. That's, that's a big deal too. Um, I guarantee you that as a Christian, we have all experienced something that has been tough, that has made us question the greatness of God um, and question where he is in, in our lives. Um, and I highly encourage you to, to look back throughout Scripture at some of the really key figures in Scripture who went through the ringer, right? If we look at Joseph, um, I know Brandon recently preached on Joseph. Um, I don't know how long ago that was or when. Yeah, I don't remember when, but I remember him preaching on Joseph pretty recently and talking about, man, Joseph got, he got sold into slavery, got beaten, sold into slavery by his brothers. He... Um, basically was doing right by God, continued to do right, and everything bad that you could have thought of happened to him. He lost his job. He got sent to prison. Um, he got promoted. He, like, like, just everything kept happening to him, right? And all throughout the whole thing, Joseph remained faithful because he knew that God was great, right? Regardless of, him, of his circumstances. Whenever he was finally at the end of his story, raised up in, into this powerful position, right? He worshiped God because he was great. But throughout the whole other 90% of his story, when great things were not happening to him, he worshiped God because the Father is great, right? You look at Job. Um, I'm sure most of us in here at least have heard of the story of Job, whether we've read it or not. Man, Job had a crappy life. Um, I don't I don't know about you guys, but for a good portion of his life, I feel like it was pretty crappy. He lost everything he had, um, he lost his family, he lost his money, he lost his means of money, he lost absolutely everything. Um, his friends even came at him a little bit sideways and were like, well, clearly, like, you must have pissed off God in order for this to be happening to you. But he continued to realize and have the knowledge that God was great through all of that, which gave him the power to worship, right? That called him into worship. Because no matter how crappy our situation is, no matter what we've gone through, what we are going through, what we will go through, we are called into worship because of God's greatness, right? I mean, that's so cool to me. Um, so like, how do we actually do this in our lives, right? We, we sit here and we're like, okay, cool. God is great. Psalm 96 is cool. But what does that actually look like in our own lives, um, like I said, sometimes you go through seasons of life where it's hard to believe that the Father is great. It's hard to actually take that and to run with that. So what, when that happens, what do we do? Um, there are plenty of ways to do this, right? One way um, that I would encourage you to do is, is like we talked about, we have these fancy little journals, or I'm sure a lot of you have your own journals. Um, but every, every night before you go to bed, write down something in your journal that God did for you that day. It could be as simple as, man, God woke me up this morning. That was awesome. Or it could be as simple as like, man, I was driving through Taco Villa on the way to work and the person in front of me paid for my food. Um, whatever it might be, start writing down things each night that God did for you that will remind you of his greatness. Look back at that every once in a while. Um, Every morning when you wake up, pray for God to show you where he's working in your life. Because it can be really, really easy in specific seasons of your life to kind of sit back and not see where God's working if you aren't looking. If your eyes aren't open, you can't see. So ask, ask God to open your eyes to the things he's doing in your life. Because you're walking around with your eyes closed, you're not going to see anything. 
If you're walking around with your spiritual eyes closed, you're not going to see the way that God is working in your life, right? So ask him to open those eyes for you. Ask him to show you. <coughs> Sorry, coughed into the mic, Angel. Um, so yeah, be, be super aware to the little things. Again, ask God to show you the little things. Celebrate the little things. You don't have to wait until God does something crazy, amazing in your life. Wow, somebody gave me a thousand dollars today. Thank you, God. Or wow, I'm going on a mission trip. Thank you, God, for providing the support and the fundraising for me to go. Like, no, worship him for the little things. Realize that he is great because of the big and amazing things that he does and realize that he is great because of the simple mundane mundane day-to-day things that he does in your life. Just ask him to make those clear to you. Not only does this passage tell us to worship him, but it's a great example of how worship doesn't always only involve singing, right? So that's an awesome way to apply worship into our lives is that it's not only singing. Multiple times it tells us in this passage that speaking and telling people is worship, right? Whenever it says, hey, tell the nations, speak it to the nations, like that is a form of worship according to this passage and a lot of other scripture. So that's awesome. If you're not good at singing like I am, um, not that I'm good, I meant like I'm not good at singing. I'm not like trying to be cocky up here about my singing ability (laughs) because it's not good. Um, Just listen to me next time. But it's really really relieving to me that just talking to people can be considered worship because I'm really good at talking. You can ask anybody in here that knows me well. I like to talk. Um, and so, yeah, it's awesome that even, even talking and sharing about the Father, that's a form of worship, right? There are so many different forms of worship. It doesn't have to only be singing. So that's an easy way to apply that into our lives. Um, his greatness should call us into something bigger than ourselves, Right? So like I said uh, with Job, is, is knowing that the father was great, that called him into worship. The father was not great because Job worshipped him. That's not why God is great. God is great, and that should make us worship him, right? Um, so a couple examples of that, um, and then I'll try to wrap us up fairly quickly after these. Um, but so a few weeks ago, we were at Noah's. Shout out to people who went. Shout out to people who didn't go. Um, either way, it was, it was super awesome. Wish everybody could have been there. Um, but it was incredible, right? So we were camping at the base of the Collegiate Peaks, um, right next to the Arkansas River. You could hear the river at night, right? So one night um, after we had our campfire, I was like walking back to the tent and I was just kind of standing there. And with the moonlight, you could see the river and the river is pretty high. So it was loud. You could hear it. I heard it every night as I went to sleep. It started off cool, got annoying. Um, but, but that specific moment, I, I happened to look up and I had never seen the stars like I did that night. Um, if you were at Noah's and you ever looked at the sky at night, you know what I say, what I'm saying. Or if you've ever been out into the country where there's no lights and you've looked at the stars, you know what I'm saying. And I sat there in astonishment in, in the understanding that the, the God that placed each and every single one of those stars in its place and gives them the, the, the light to shine created me and cares for me and wants me to worship him. That was a type of greatness that I had to worship, right? That was a type of greatness that called me into the knowledge of like, hey, I need to sit here and I need to thank God. I need to worship God for what he has done. Um, Another example of that um, is like with Becca, my fiance. I already talked about her tonight. Um, I'm gonna talk about her again because I like to. Um, But her beauty and greatness calls me into adoring her, right? 
She is not beautiful and great because I'm like, oh, Becca, you're so beautiful. That doesn't make her beautiful. What makes me think that she's beautiful and adore her and tell her that she's beautiful is the fact that she is. And that's the same with God. The fact that he is beautiful and great and amazing calls us into to worshiping him, right? It's not the other way around. It's not that we call him beautiful and worship him and think that he is great. That makes him great. That's not how it works. It's completely flip-flopped. So we're called into worshiping him simply because he's great. Um, I think that's super cool because that makes our job a little bit easier. We don't have to, to be all theological and smart and intellectual for that to happen. We just have to have the simple understanding that the Father is great, and that's why we worship him. Um, so remember, you don't need a crazy past story. Um, you don't need to have something insane to have happened to you. You don't need to have a super long, in-depth, thought-out theological answer in order to worship the Father. It's way more simple than that, right? We simply worship the Father because he's great. So let's start acting like that, yeah? So I'm gonna pray for us real quick. Worship band's gonna come up. Father, I thank you for tonight. Um, and I thank you for the simplicity of your word. Um, and I thank you that your greatness calls us in to worshiping you. Um, I thank you that, that your greatness is not self-reliant on what we do and what we say. Um, you are not like us, Father. You are far greater, far more beautiful, far more great than we could ever imagine. Um, so yeah, as we take time to reflect tonight, Father, um, let us think of your simplicity. Let us think of your beauty and your grace and your wonder. Um, and let us just take a minute to be called into that. Let us, let us ask you to reveal yourself to us tonight and let us just worship you for it. Man, we love you, Father, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.